The Baptist. Hey, welcome to Like the Baptist. Uh, always a pleasure to join you wherever you are. What was that? Well, I had a little piece of something, <laughs> potato chip or something. I make these homemade potato chips. They're really good. Yeah, you can't quit eating them. Yep. You know the old Lay's commercials, you can't eat just one? That's mm-hmm. for sure about these things. That's I don't good. know what it is. It's the it's the mix of seasonings that's put the on pepper them. pepper on it. Pretty it's good. Really good, yeah. It's, are those available on MikeTheBaptist.com? They are not. Uh, I had a friend who is in the barbecue business who was telling me we need to try to sell those. I think we could. I don't know. It takes the fun out of it. If you ever turn into money. work for me, I'm usually out. <laughs> so yeah. hey, you make them. I'd hate to make money or something. <laughs> anyway, glad you're back, and uh, we'd share the chips with you if you were here, but you're not. But you can. Uh, we'll, we'll take a live studio audience. We're going to do that in front of a live studio audience <laughs> soon <laughs> at my church. We'll let you know the date. Uh, the only problem with that is we pre-tape some of these, so the date won't mean much to you. But anyway, just stay tuned. We'll let you know how it works out. But if you want to sit in here sometime, uh, you can fill out the application. And if you pass, you can come be a studio audience for a taping of Mike the Baptist. How thrilling would that be? Uh, but anyway, comments at MikeTheBaptist.com is our email address. That's how you can get in touch with us. Or if you just see us in the, on the street or out on the highway somewhere. <clears throat> Stop us and talk to us. We want to hear from you. We want to know what you uh, think about what you're hearing and uh, et cetera, et cetera. We just want to hear from you. So send us an email. Comments at MikeTheBaptist.com. You know, the front porch section of MikeTheBaptist.com is always interesting to me because you never know what's coming out of the minds of the people here at the table. And that's what I like. I like it that way. We don't rehearse those. We just come up with a topic and then we go for it whatever comes out comes out so you get what you get and that's what we're fixing to do right now we're fixing to get what we get because uh, what was the topic oh, cars. oh today's front porch visit we've talked about cars on an older episode of the front porch visit uh but we're going to revisit it because we realized that we all have more than one car story. And I think we talked about favorite cars the last time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe first cars we had, et cetera, et cetera. But there's another topic uh, which has to do with cars we don't like, didn't like, or hated. Or just funny things that happened with a car that we had. You get the picture. Mm-hmm. And like we said before, whatever comes out, comes out. So, Neil? Are you ready to share? Sure. Okay, share with us, Neil. I'd never had okra until I moved to Tennessee. <laughs> He's exactly. focused. I'm just trying to prove his well, point. Well, you never know what's right. going to come right. so When you moved to Tennessee, how did you have okra? Uh, was it well, fried? Well, it was interesting. I, I was getting I, – I didn't think that vegetables had to be deep fried. Um, <laughs> to be had, to be deep fried to be good. All of them were deep fried. I yeah. ordered a side order of mushrooms, and they're – Deep fried. <laughs> Didn't know how much I liked okra. It was good. Well, you know what like, I like Louis Grizzard said about – he's talking about folks up north. Uh-oh. He said he didn't get it. He said they uh, they cook their tomatoes and they don't cook their green beans. Right? Yeah. He said it was just kind of opposite I get that. Don't mm. cook their green beans. Well, you know, yes, the farther north beans. you go, the green beans are a little crisper. They're they al don't, dente, yes. They are? Yes. Is that healthy? doesn't matter. It's okay. just a, just it's a just way, way of cooking. cooking yeah. It, yeah. 
Well, that's what he's talking about. They're crisper and yummy, down I'll south. Tell you you know, down south, uh-huh. they soak them in yummy. grease and cook them like eight uh, that's hours. Right. And, and they leave them set in the steam table for eight hours. Oh, yeah, man. They're yeah. just really soft. It's a meat and three. Yeah. Meat and three is a unique thing to to the southern United States. It is. Yep. It huh. is. Yep. And they're great. Yes. You know what I'm going to do someday when I retire? I may have told you this before. I'm going to move to Mexico, and I'm going to go from town to town opening up meat and threes. How long will you stay in any given location? <clears throat> Just long enough to to open like three or four meat and threes, and then I'll go to another town. I think that'd take a year or it's a long time. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Neil, when he goes, he just does and threes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's correct because you don't eat meat. <laughs> you know, hey, there's something you could do. That's right. Just open now, up some listen, and threes. I'm just uh, I've dealt dabbled in marketing all my life. And threes will work. It would. If you open that up, so. yeah, you'll be on to something immediately. Wow. I'm full of ideas. You are full. You're full. So you didn't yeah. have, do you have a funny car story? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I learned to drive uh, in a Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, yeah. my mom's yes. manual transmission, oh, yeah. of course. And it's funny because the drive around the neighborhood, the neighborhood was, was gravel and had driven around the neighborhood, but I'd never put it in reverse. <laughs> Just never backed up. There was never any need to. And so I took it out. I got my license. Took it out the first time, went up toward the entrance, and then I did a U-turn and came back around. And as I came back around, there's a pine tree sitting right there that took off the uh, mirror on the driver's side. Yeah, That was my mom's car. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't good. Mm. So that's not real hilarious, but uh, yeah, she did get a uh, she got an MGB. Oh, after midget? that, Was not a midget, midget, but an MG. The B is the larger one. Yes. Okay, I had the midget. Yeah, and I adored that mm. one. That was fun and the convertible top. But she never would let me put the top down on it. So I just had to wait until I was out of the neighborhood and then I put the top down. <laughs> but, you rebellious dude. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I knew that was in there. Which is, which is really hard for, because, you know, we ask all these, you know, questions in the green room, like, you know, yes. you ever be in Neil, you, you got in trouble at church? No. Never got a whipping at school. And I'm boring. Now we hear. But now he's, he's, he's dropped the seat off his mother's car. He's dropped, yeah. yeah. Drops, <laughs> get drops the top down. Drops the top down and riding down. Yeah. Picking up chicks yeah. on a gravel road. Well, listen, <laughs> but yeah. I, I want to see the place where you grew up where you never had to put your car in reverse. I started yeah. to say it's like driving the church bus, you know. That's what we tell people. Don't put it in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> You'll back into something. <laughs> okay, Coons. Coons. Yeah. Automotive stories? Automotive stories, not okra stories. Okay. Uh, so have, oh. I, have I told you all about Flipper? <laughs> Well, faster um, than lightning. I flipper. My car flipper. flipper. Did I tell you all about him yet? You may have, but we may have forgotten. So, because I know I told you about my favorite car, but I don't know if I told you about Flipper. Um, it sounds kind of familiar, but well, if I, I don't think so. Do a lot of things. So, when uh, <laughs> when God called me to the ministry, I uh, left University of Southern Indiana. Didn't go to UT because well, God called me to the ministry, and I went to Mid Continent Baptist Bible College, which is in Mayfield, Kentucky, middle of nowhere. Mid middle of the continent sounds like eh, kind of. You said mid continent. Uh, that's, yeah. that's what I heard. But uh, <laughs> so I'd go down there, and they it was just a little preacher school, and it was set up to where you can take all your classes on a Monday. So I'd like start class at seven o'clock in the morning. I'd finish at nine o'clock at night, and I'd be done for the week, and I'd drive home. 
Well, one Monday I was down there and snowstorm came in. So I was like, dang it. So I wasn't going to get to go home that night, but I was on staff at a church and we were having uh, one of our senior adult luncheons the next day. And I was really trying to get back for that. So in the morning, get up a little early and uh, decide I'm going to make my way back up to home to make it to this event at church. And I'm on the Western Kentucky Parkway. Road is nice and clear. So I'm just clipping along, you know, 65, 70, whatever the speed limit was, thereabouts. And uh, I go to pass a car um, there on the parkway. And for whatever reason, I guess he decided he didn't want me to pass him. So he's speeding up. And I'm speeding up. And he's speeding up. Well, then all of a sudden, the passing lane is no longer clear. And it is covered in like three inches of slush and Mm. ice. So I hit that. And Mm. I immediately go sideways. And it shoots me straight into the ditch. And I don't barrel roll, but I do a, I somersault the car end over end. Oh, this was a little Ford Escort, an 89 Ford Escort. Flipper? Oh, wow. Is flipper? Oh, that's why it's Flipper. This is why it's called wow. Flipper. So this, this car flips end over end and spins around. And I'm sitting in the ditch facing the wrong direction. The passenger side window blew out. It's like a gunshot going off. And I'm sitting there. And this guy that sped up. Causing me to wreck, he runs up, or as a girl, she runs up. That's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, you better get away from me. Yeah. So there I am, stranded out in the middle of Western Kentucky, and so I call my dad, uh, tell him what's going on, need help. His boss had come in from Chicago. They were having their business meeting, but they come down, they rent a trailer, pick the car up because the car won't start. So. Uh, they come down, pick it up. After a few hours, I sit at the sheriff's office while they're waiting for me. <laughs> and we towed the truck or the car back home. And so dad, he was a deacon in the church. And then one of the other lifelong friends that was a deacon in the church, Mr. Mr. Bill, they come out and they decide, well, we're going to work on, on the escort. We think we can get it, get it going again. And they get the crowbars out and they're bending the doors. We get the doors all opening and stuff. And Come to find out, the only reason the car wouldn't start is when it went upside down, there's this safety thing that cuts off the gas. So you get in behind a wheel well and you flip some safety lever thing, it fired right up. So I continued to drive the car for another two years. It's got dents on the front hood. It's got a dent right above my head. Didn't break the windshield, but a dent right above my head and dents on the back where I somersaulted it. So get back to Bible college a week later and the car gets named Flipper. So uh, nice. that's a, uh, <laughs> as a Ford Escort, yeah. very durable car, apparently. Yes. Uh, yeah. Wow. Never knew you flipped a car like that. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's new information. Kind of scary. Uh, so you is. didn't care where you parked in the parking lot. You're not After that, get I didn't care. Yeah. Like, yeah, I pulled right man. up next to The other part that I heard was he was so interested in getting back to a senior adult event. Yeah. Yes. I heard that, too. <laughs> so I, I was know, very faithful. I know EJ is listening. But I've been ex- so I've been excommunicated. No, what I hear, yeah, what I heard not. in that story was EJ. If you will provide food, Michael Koontz will be, be at there. the event. EJ yes. is a He's local uh, uh, senior adult leader. Yeah, the czar. She's the czar. She's the the czar at our local church yes. here. Yes, and uh, you have just volunteered for yeah, I'll go. many many senior. Hey, we went to uh, someplace out on the river with yeah. them a few months ago. That was what was that place? I didn't get what it was. It was good, though. Yeah, so that's my car story, one of them. All right, H. Wow, Wow, we should let him go last. 
Well, <laughs> well, we hadn't got to Jackson yet. He grew up around the car lot. So I do. I, do. Uh, yeah. so I was just trying to think about just funny stories. I remember this one time uh, I had my driver's license, but I didn't have a car yet. And we rode, we rode the spirit bus to a ball game. We get to this ball game, and one of the girls that was on the basketball team was a friend of mine. And I'm like, hey, I didn't see you on the spirit bus. She's like, no, I, I drove. I'm like, oh, well, let me, let me drive your car back. To school and she's like i don't know man my parents might get upset i'm like oh it'll be okay you know i've got my license everything you just let me let me drive so she's like well okay i guess i'll just ride the bus back with everybody you just drive so i get a couple of buddies and we get in this car i don't even remember what it was and we're we're going around springfield because there's ways out so we go around springfield go through the mcdonald's and do all this stuff so then we're coming down the main stretch of highway and we're flying and i'm sure just being goofy and everything well we pull back into the school parking lot, and there her mom and dad sit waiting for her to come back in the car. So oh, they recognize the car, oh. and we like just cut the car off and kind of crawl out, <laughs> <laughs> just trying to get away. And yeah, the next day she was like so mad. She's like, You got me in so much trouble. <laughs> we did that. And then uh, you remember prom was always that time where you, you always got your car ready to go to prom. Right. Well, a buddy of mine comes into prom one night and he is just he he has this look on his face like like he's wrecked his car or something i'm like man what's wrong he goes dude he goes i I borrowed my uncle's car and it was one of those that had the the flat bench seats Mm -hmm. in the front and the back and he had spent a lot of time armor walling the Uh, hole inside (laughs) of the car so it would look good and everything you know here's this little girl here's this little girl in her nylon dress sitting beside him and they go around a curve and he threw her against the door panel so hard, and she got a concussion, like like almost knocked her out because <laughs> they didn't have their seatbelts on. Da da. So yeah, that was a that was a fun that was a fun night trying to figure out. You came that. through. I knew you right? would because oh, I, yeah, there's, there's some few. things happened in your world. I know just, it was always good. It was always fun. Yeah. Well, so a couple things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did grow up. My granddad was a car dealer. He always had 10 or 12 automobiles, a, a variety out there the whole time I was growing up. And sometime, I think it was uh, when when, uh, when my wife and I were dating or after. I can't remember. Anyway, another couple we knew and and my wife and I borrowed a Bronco, a Ford Bronco he had up there. On, on his lot and we took it uh, exploring the Buffalo River rallies one night and where I'm from most things you did at night because it's just more fun so anyway we're down in the uh, hills of the Buffalo River Valley up there in northwest Arkansas roaming around crossing creeks I think we crossed Richland Creek and started up a mountain on the other side. I think we're trying to make our way back to the Richland Valley over the hill from Point Peter. You know where that is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's a way to get back through there through the back roads. And that Bronco, you know, had a four-wheel drive. We were, we were having a big time. And we were halfway up a hill, and that Bronco died. And it was, I don't know if it was midnight yet, but it was way up in the night. And pitch black. No Couldn't, cell phone. Oh, uh, no. You didn't have <laughs> cell phones in those days. Uh, so that's where the story's going, to so the phone thing. Is this manual or an automatic? Uh, it was probably a three-speed. Um, 
on the column, I think, maybe. I don't okay. remember. Uh, that would make it funnier. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, what happened anyway? Never could get it started. And you know how people begin getting a little frustrated. Mm-hmm. The only thing I could think to do is we're going to have to walk out of the valley uh, back up to the highway that we dropped off in the pitch black <laughs> out of because there were a couple little uh, store canoe rental things up there, and one of them had a payphone. Uh, we walked in the pitch black. I remember we uh, we had uh, we were building little torches out of sticks and letting them on fire, trying to had to walk a long, long way out of there. I called my granddad. I hated to call him that late at night, but I called him. He said, "Well, yeah, I'll come. I'll come down there." And he he comes down there, loads us in. We all drive down there to where that Ronco was. He crawls up on the dash and flips the fuel switch to the other tank. <laughs> Fired it up. Yeah, yeah. We drove out. Okay, the other one, real quick. There was a there was a young lady when I was a teenager, an older teenager. Uh, me and a bunch of the boys were hanging around. We'd go to my hometown on the square sometimes and just walk around. One of them lived very near the post office there. His dad was a funeral home director there and we'd go to his house once once in a while and let him freak us out with all the funeral home stuff but sometimes we just go walking around town walk up to town square and down the side street there's a young lady there who uh uh i don't know how you say it she she was real flirty and everybody kind of knew she was flirty so everybody flirted back with her from time to time but anyway there were five or six of us old boys walking around on one of those side streets off the square one night and this gal came and I guess it was before she had her own car because it was a big brown Ford, you know, it looked like a, a yacht, you know, those old big Ford cars and LTDs or 500s, mm-hmm. whatever they were. Anyway, we saw her coming down the street, and we kind of knew she was going to be looking at us, so we was all kind of looking. And sure enough, she was looking at us, and she turned a curve to go down the street in front of where we were, but she was still leaned over looking out that window, and she ran her mother's car up onto a curb it stuck up just high enough to be about halfway up the door mm. and the spark started flying <laughs> and she for like 40 or 50 feet just <laughs> sparks were flying she just ripped the side of that car up and then she oh went goodness. on off it was uh it was really funny it wasn't me it wasn't something i did or anybody else but it's just a funny car story i remember anyway okay so it's pretty interesting it started out with uh, never have had an okra until you moved to tennessee made its all the way around to that kind of stuff right there. Flipper. Flipper. That's pretty interesting. Flipper stood out, I must say. Um, can we call your cars Flipper now? Hey, you do what you want, man. That's, I'm good with things. All right. I think we'll do that if we yeah. can remember. Yeah. I was trying to remember if anybody put a, a Miami Dolphins thing on the front of it. Because <laughs> it, it was either threatened or it was done. I just can't remember now. Let me just tell you. I'm going to mention Flipper, the TV show, and I'll bet you there are a lot of people that have no idea what that is. Probably right? not. Yep. Yeah, and I think we probably all grew up watching that, didn't yep. we? Yep. Flipper, Flipper and Lassie. Flipper, yep. Faster I love Lassie. Lassie. King of the Sea or something like yes. that. Yes, that was such a fascinating show. I love Dolphins to this day. I know. Because yeah. of that show. Anyway. All right. Thanks, guys, for the car stories and uh, the front porch visit so that we can better get to know you as we go. I feel like we're really getting to know you. Maybe. And you still like us? I didn't say that. Okay. I said. All right. Uh, no, I like it. Yeah, you're okay. Uh, anyway, okay, we're going to take a break, come back, talk about some stuff we found in the Bible. You'll find that interesting if you'll stick with us. Be back. 
You'll never hear us say at Mike the Baptist that you need our logo t-shirts or hoodies. Just like you wouldn't hear us say that you need Barry White music. But now that Mike the Baptist has logo coffee mugs, we are a little tempted to point out that coffee would only have to taste better out of something that special, or a good hot cocoa, or a rich, smooth cappuccino in one of those brand new 11 or 15 ounce coffee mugs with that warm and inviting Mike the Baptist logo with the fake neon lettering. No, we'll never tell you that you need stuff, but we might remind you that it's not a sin to buy stuff like that and that a little of the money you spend goes toward keeping Mike the Baptist on the air and in your head like a good Barry White album turned up to seven while you do your taxes or trim those hedges. Find out more about the new logo coffee mugs and our t-shirts and hoodies with funny little sayings and our logo at www.mikethebaptist.com forward slash merchandise. You know, inside the covers of the Bible is basically everything you would ever need to know about how to be a human being. Pretty well everything you need to know. Uh, Because uh, it's my experience in living a few years that being a human being is not about what you have. Uh, It's not about where you go. It's not about how you look. But there's this thing down inside everybody that you can't really explain. And you know, if you think about it a while, you know whatever that thing is inside you is not really attached to your body. It's almost like it's got its own, you know? Have you ever watched too many alien movies? No, No, but look, a friend of mine once said, he said, uh, he said, your body is just a transport system to take your head where it wants to go. I thought that was fascinating. Hmm. But in the Bible, it tells you how to be that thing that's inside of you in a way that you can, uh, I guess, live good around other people who have that inside of them, too. And it, and it instructs you on how to nurture that mm-hmm. and how to make it, uh, I guess, line up with the way the Creator intended for you to be. You know, somebody said Bible. Basic instructions before leaving, leaving Earth. Earth. There you have it. You're on to something. Mm-hmm. So in these Bible talks in the middle of Mike the Baptist, that's what these are about. That's right. We're digging up stuff that we find in the Bible uh, and talking about them. But if you notice, they always come back around to uh, how to be a better tuned human being. And that's a good thing. That's mm-hmm. a good project for anybody mm-hmm. to be a better human. So the preachers are going to dig up some stuff now that they found the Bible and lead us in one of those talks. And if you'll listen, you'll pick up some interesting things, I think. Yeah, and man, what a great setup uh, for what we're talking about again today, um, walking through the book of First Peter. And in First Peter chapter 2, the first verse of chapter 2 says, So rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. Now, when he tells us to rid ourselves of this, he's talking about what comes 
after? What comes after our salvation experience? And, uh, you know, there's a, there are some denominations and some religions, people that think that they have to do things in order to receive their salvation. And, you know, the salvation story is not what we call works-based salvation. That's not what the Bible teaches us. Uh, the Bible tells us that we simply believe in Jesus Christ, confess him as our, our Lord, our Savior, and the Bible promises you will be saved. And what First Peter chapter 2 is telling us, after we've done that, after we have accepted this gift of salvation, hey, here are some things that are gonna, you're going to work on in your life, some things that you need to, to do away with, to, to get rid of, as we're trying to follow this Bible, this instruction book that God has given us so that we can really live the best life possible in a sin-cursed world, you know, because God really does want the best for us. And uh, we know there's limits to that because of sin, but he has given us these instructions. So putting away these things, these bad attitudes and, and, and bad speech, um, pastor says stinking thinking uh, quite a bit. From the pulpit, you know, and, and that's that's what those are things that we have to work on. But to know that those are what we work on after we're saved. You know, that really brings a, a whole new perspective and it really should bring some some pretty encouraging thoughts into our lives to know that we're saved. Now we get to work on those things, you know. My salvation is not based upon me working on those things, but I'm already saved. So when I think about that, it's so encouraging to me to know that, uh, man, I'm not going to I'm not going to screw this up anymore. You know, God's not going to take my name and erase it out of His salvation book there in heaven. I'm going to have that forever and forever. And uh, I just think that's something that we need to make sure that we always think about. And that's a message that we really need to share with people, especially you know that we may never get to see in our own churches. People that might be listening to a podcast, because so many people think I've got to do X, Y, and Z in order to, to be saved. And uh, I don't know. Uh, so areas that we have to work on. I know we talk about that a lot uh, on this podcast, things that we have to work on in our lives that, uh, uh, to try to walk closer to the Lord. Um, and it's a never-ending list. It's just always going to be something. But I don't know. Thoughts, questions. I mean, for me, I'm like, I'm like, you know, bad attitudes. I think I talked about that a little bit on the last episode. You know, I'll, I'll think, you know, people aren't being honest or, or whatever. Speech. We always end this episode with what? Yeah, Christians trying Try not, not to cuss. Yeah. Isn't that the truth, though? I mean, <laughs> how many times do we like? Oh, I, I better not say that. Oh, I did say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go again. But it's the truth. You but know? you also recognized it. Mm-hmm. See, that's the that is one of the differences is you don't necessarily recognize those things before you follow Jesus, and when you start following Jesus, then you recognize those, and it 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 doesn't weigh on you, but it's like a little prick in your conscience that you realize that you want to, and and we cannot be perfect. Jesus is the only perfect one, but we aspire. Mm-hmm. To be like him right. as much as possible. And isn't that a source of comfort for us? Mm-hmm. When we know that now that we're saved, we got the Holy Spirit with us, and he reminds us, why'd you do that? Right. It's like, oh, yeah, because I'm saved. Mm-hmm. What a great comfort for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think life can teach us so much about what we're to be doing for our eternal life. And I've got, I've got six grandkids, 
and six six i know isn't that crazy <clears throat> two of them under Whoa. a year old i'm catching up to you and uh it's it's always amazing to me that you know these these infants they come into our life and they really can't do a whole lot but boy we sure do love them and and we try to teach them and help them to grow uh one of them is just at that age where she's trying to start walking and she'll take a step or two and then she sits down goes back to what's comfortable she crawls around because she can go faster and we'll pick her back up and encourage her it's funny the other day she just stood there and she was like she didn't know what to do but it's a reminder to us that what peter's talking about is we have to be who we are and when we are who we are in christ then we can do these things we don't do these things my grandbaby doesn't have to learn how to walk to get my love or my approval Mm -hmm. or to be a part of my family She's born into the family, and now she starts doing the things that we train her to do to be more like us and to be more efficient to grow and mature. And so, you know, I think if we'll realize that's what God's doing with us, you know, I would just say to anybody who's out there, I never will forget this moment. I had a friend of mine that we'd gone to youth camp. Several people had uh, had received Christ that week or gotten saved, and we were talking to him, and he said, I really want to do that, but I know that I'm going to go back home and Friday night's coming and I'm going to want to get drunk and I'm going to want to go party mm-hmm. after the ball games. And we were kind of dumbfounded by that. But the reality is, if you're thinking those thoughts, um, you've got stinking thinking because what you will find is when you give your life to Christ, you might still do some of those things, but you'll be challenged by the Holy Spirit. You'll be mm-hmm. disciplined by God, not because you're not his child anymore, but because he wants you to be better. And I think we forget that. You know, To me, Peter's talking about the difference in being and doing. And so many religions say you've got to do certain things right. to be certain things. Christianity is right the opposite. You be who you are because you've been made that way in Christ. Now do these things. And as you do, there's blessing in it when you – when you mess up, there's difficulties in that, but he still loves you and he still accepts you. And so I think that's important for us. Mm-hmm. And that's such a great thought that you're comparing that to your grandchild learning how to walk. She's already loved. Absolutely. You know? And, man, we just got to remember how much God loves us, period. Yep. Loves us, period. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, just need to. There's this, guy, there. there's this guy about every Sunday would come up to me and go, remember, just tell them God loves them. Mm. Yeah, I've heard of that guy. <laughs> yeah, there's that guy. <laughs> and then he says, and then sit down. <laughs> yeah, and then just go ahead and sit down. Before you mess it up. That's right. On Sunday. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. I heard somebody uh, refer to it as Jesus plus something mm-hmm. or Jesus plus nothing. Mm-hmm. Right, and what is it that where's salvation? Is it with Jesus plus something or Jesus plus nothing? And I've heard more folks recently that that don't engage because they don't feel worthy, and that's what this is really talking about: is you aren't worthy, mm-hmm. but when you recognize there's a need there, don't wait until you are worthy because you you'll never get to that place, and don't have that. That feeling, and you go past the scripture you were reading. I wanted to read the one just past that. Um, is it eight and nine? <clears throat> that area, actually, a little bit 
before that. Let me look real quick. Uh, it says, or six, it's contained in scriptures talking about Jesus Christ. It says, look, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will never be put to shame. But this is what we want here. So honor will come to you who believe, but for the unbelieving, the stone that the builders rejected, this one has become the cornerstone, a stone to stumble over and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobey the message. They were destined for this. But you who obeyed, you who recognize that, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. And I read through that list and I, I just, like you guys, do you feel like you're holy or chosen or a, a royal priesthood? Do you feel those things? Mm. <laughs> no. Yeah. Too often? No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I guess the one that I would feel most comfortable with saying is, is chosen mm-hmm. because I I know I'm saved. So I've got that solid. But the other things, I'm just like, yeah, a royal priesthood? Yeah. Am I holy? Gosh, no. I, yeah. I struggle on all those things, you know. But it's so nice that he lists those out and he's telling us, oh, this is what you are. Mm. You know, you think about yeah. us as parents. All, all of us have children. There have been moments when we were disappointed in our children. But I don't think we ever came to that point where we said, I don't love them anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I wish they'd never been born. Mm-mm. Because even in their disappointing states, they're still a part of us. And I think that's what Peter's trying to remind us, is that in Christ, we're a part of his family. We don't always measure up. We don't always look like what we should look like. We mess up a lot. But He's not going to cast us out no more than, I mean, you could cast out your own children. I mean, right. you might say it at some point. Like, I remember one of my kids got mad at us, and I'm going to go live with Grandpa. And it's like, <laughs> let me help you pack. Because, <laughs> by the way, that's the house I grew up in. It ain't all roses over there either. <laughs> you know, uh, but even though you call their bluff on that, you're not going to let them get to the end of the driveway. You're not going to let right. – you might be trying to teach them a lesson. Um, I love Scripture where it talks about that we're in the hands of Jesus, and then Jesus places his hands in the hands of the Father, mm. which is just that picture of nothing can separate us from the love of God. And again, all of this is about us doing things because of who we are, not doing things to become that. You're, you'll – You've heard this said before. Your kids cannot do anything that makes you love them any more, makes you love them any less. You might be more proud of them or more mm-hmm. disappointed, but that you still love them. There's that part of you that the 12th million time that they did something silly, Grandpa came to pick us up. Mm-hmm. I love that story. Grandpa, in the middle of the night, came to pick us up. Why? Because he loved you. And he was not going to leave you out in the middle of the wilderness mm-hmm fighting on your own, and he didn't just give you a bunch of things to do. Well, boy, you got yourself. Reach up under there and do it. He came out there. He made you feel safe. He walked you to the car, got you to the car, showed you how to fix it. May gave you a little bit of a lecture along the way, but 
He didn't leave you on your own. So many times I think we've, we're, we're waiting for the moment because, let's just be honest, everybody in our life has disappointed us at some level. We're waiting for the moment that God's going to disappoint us. i got great news for you. God will never disappoint. God will never disappoint you. He might not meet all your expectations because sometimes we, God, if you really love me, heal granny. Well, that may not be God's plan. And you might be, you might be a little upset that he didn't do what you wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. But God's not going to disappoint us from the standpoint of he is never going to leave us or forsake us or cast us out because we're part of that royal priesthood. Now, back to your question, do we feel that way? Absolutely not. My performance never measures up to my position that I have in him. Mm-hmm. Never does. But I think God's also smart enough to know that, that he is in a process of changing me. But he has an inheritance. I think we talked about that last episode. He has mm-hmm. an inheritance. When do we fully get that inheritance? Not until we're fully, holy, body and spirit in heaven with them one day. Not, nothing really much different than what good discerning parents do. No parent writes their will to say, when he turns 18, give him everything we've got and hope he does okay with it. Because we know 18-year-old boys don't make good decisions. As a matter of fact, most parents (laughs) will push that envelope out further and further. Let's let's get you married. Let's, Let's make sure that marriage lasts. Let's make sure that you're not going to get in trouble. And then, you know, further down the line, then we'll give you a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. You know, God kind of does the same thing with us because mm-hmm. we can't handle all of it mm-hmm. immediately. We are chosen, but we don't feel like a royal priesthood. We don't feel like, but as we walk with him, he continues to bless us and lead us and grow mm-hmm. us and give us more opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. How you guys feel, but over 50, I feel like God has given me more opportunities today than I had in my 20s, mm-hmm. probably because I wasn't as mature in my faith in my 20s, right. but I'm having more opportunities now. One of the guys in our church who's in his 80s, and he's working with some guys at a Hope Center, and he tells me all the time, best job I've ever had, best job I've ever had. And I'm like, I'm listening to that and hearing what he's saying is that mm-hmm. even though I'm not getting paid physically, God is blessing me because in my 80s, I am having more fruit than I was in my 40s. And that's just kind of mm-hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's been my experience in life as well. I'm not in my 50s yet. But you're getting there. I got a year it's and a half before I'm there. That's yeah, right. Um, but, you know, I'm looking back through my ministry, you know, and early on, you know, had some big churches and some little churches. And it really didn't matter the size of the church. But as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. the ministry opportunities have just exploded. Yep. And I mean, just like in just the last five to ten years, things that I ne- never would have dreamed of and doing. And then God brought you to Temple. Then God brought me to Temple and said, Welcome. Welcome. Time out. Time out. That's right. We're putting the brakes please on this help, boy. Please help these people. <laughs> but it's just, it's incredible. Uh, and it is because I had this uh, conversation with my son over Christmas, you know, about money. And he's like, Why isn't it? that they just don't give us the $20,000 when I'm 20 years old and I, I need the money now mm-hmm. because you won't use it right. Yep. You won't. And I was like, mm-hmm. there ain't no way I could handle an inheritance 30 years ago. Yep. Ain't no way it had mm-hmm. been wasted. 
Yeah. Yeah. Buy a new car and a new, you know, gold Junk. gold yeah. chain and yeah. yeah. Comic yeah. books. Comic books. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the other things that <clears throat> Peter kind of brings out in this in this chapter is he talks about the reality that as as royal priesthood of the kingdom of God, we're kind of okay with being under God's authority. But then Peter says, now, he's planted you in this world, mm-hmm. and you have to be under authority of a boss. You have to be under authority of civil leaders. And we don't always agree with those people. Matter of fact, some of them are very hypocritical. Some of them um, make really bad decisions and bad choices. And yet Peter says, I want you to live under their authority because God has placed them in authority over you. Um, so kind of how do you how do you feel about that how how do we operate in this world and not just go crazy and get mad and just want to march the streets and protest every little thing that happens boy it's a it's such a fine line especially <clears throat> with the way you know we are today because we're such a divided strongly divided uh country mm-hmm. on on our opinions and thoughts and uh Remembering that God is the one that allowed these elected people to be over us, and that's that's a challenge for us today. Uh, but I think it was in just one of your recent sermons talked about being salt, mm. being that light, and you know what? Yeah, we have been allowed to have what we see as some in, inappropriate or just some poor leadership over us. And there's a lot of bad things that are happening. But you know what? When it's dark, the light can shine pretty bright, too. So it's also an opportunity for us to bring a message, to bring that salt into our own country, into our own uh, communities, because uh, it'll be seen. Because it is really counterculture now mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of places, uh, what we want to share with folks. So we need to look at it. God's given us an opportunity that uh, we may not have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. That's a, and that's a hard one, too, because it says we're supposed to pray for our leaders. That's right. And I had a, a pastor friend who will remain nameless that used to pay, pray that um, there was a certain politician he didn't agree with, and his prayer was always, Lord, I pray you take that person home sooner than later, <laughs> um, which was not, you know, that's not the way we're supposed to be praying for them. But it's a struggle mm. to do that is there not a caveat somewhere in Scripture where around that where it says <clears throat> essentially if they're doing things that do not align with the Word? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it, there's a point. Well, when Paul talks about if you believe in your heart and declare that Jesus is Lord, and he is saying that to a group of people who, when they go into the marketplace, have to declare Caesar is Lord. Mm. And basically, that is a good reminder to them that even though you have civil authority over me, ultimately, I report to him. Yes. And he has. And so, you know, Christians aren't called to be anarchists. We're, to call, we're called to live a peaceable life where we can. We're called to be under civil authorities. But again, you know, if... If a cop pulls you over and says, I want you to come over here and shoot somebody in the head. Nope, sorry, I can't do that. I'm drawing the line there because that goes against my principles as a believer. So, yeah, absolutely. It's not It's not a, just a, 
a rule that we have to do everything that somebody says. Um, I tell young people all the time in counseling, premarital counseling, wives are to submit to their husbands, but not in unholy things. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if your husband says, let's go do drugs and uh, do wife swapping. No, I don't have to do that right. because that's an unholy practice. Now, if your husband says, let's move to Arkansas and you feel Okay, I'm supposed to support my husband in this or move to Nashville. She came with you, by the way. She did. That's pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, long story, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife came here, you know, from yeah. Charlotte. So it, it is one of those things where we are to submit, but ultimately we realize we have to submit to Christ. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, uh, you know, this is a big debate. Uh, you don't want to get political in these kind of talks, and this is not political what I'm going to say here, but i it seems as though the uh, the Christian people sometimes kind of forget. Uh, you know, you, you run into these scriptures like this, and, and people say, well, God put this person in authority over me. In our country, we have the opportunity to vote for who we have yeah. in those kind of uh, mm-hmm. public positions. We have that opportunity. I think Christian people sometimes maybe drop the ball a little bit in this arena by allowing certain people that you know uh, do not follow Christian principles to be put into those positions. So in my understanding of what the Bible talks about in positions of authority is that God has created a structure. He has given us a structure. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like that's what they're talking about in scriptures, that we should submit to that authority that's, you know, the the culture we live in, we have we have laws, we have rules. If everybody kind of goes along with those, you know, we're all in the same boat. We all know what we should and shouldn't do. But I feel like the Christian community drops the ball sometimes in this arena because we overread the scriptures that say turn the other cheek. Now, I'm just going to tell you, I'm a Christian man. I'm saved. I know where I'm going. But if somebody tries to break into my house at night and harm my family, right, right, there's a different part of me that's going to react to that, uh, and it has nothing to do with who's in authority over me in a, uh, a governmental role. I'm going to protect my family. Mm-hmm. I feel like the, the Christian community is kind of missing a little of this picture in our culture, and you can look around and see how if you don't pay a little bit of attention to who winds up in these roles, how loose and frayed everything gets. I mean, we're seeing it in real time. I'm saying all this to say that in my understanding, I don't believe God puts an evil person in a position of authority over me, but I do believe he allows me to let that happen. So I'm just simply saying, in America, we can vote. I used to not think it important to pay attention to the political mm-hmm. arena. Mm-hmm. Now I know it's really important. When you look around at what's been uh, introduced in our schools, we don't have to let that happen. If just the Christian people in America stood against that together, uh, that would stop pretty quick. But we don't get together and do that. So there's a fine line. There's a fine line about how and you don't want to do anything mean yourself. But to me, if I believe uh, what I'm being told that God believes, 
about what's right and what's wrong, then I feel a little bit of a responsibility to defend that a little more mm-hmm. than just being real passive about it because I keep seeing the, passi- the passivity mm-hmm. is wreaking real-time havoc on the young people in our country. I was listening to a, a program this morning where there's a big debate in California about allowing very young toddlers to decide their gender. Yeah. Uh, I was born and raised in Arkansas, but I'm smart enough to know there's something really wrong about letting that progress any further. Mm. I don't, if the Christian people don't uh, try to defend uh, God's morality in America, then it is just going to crumble. It's just going to crumble because you can see what's happening now. So, Well, a good example from that, I think in the Bible, the same people that basically set Jesus up for crucifixion are pushing back on Peter and John and telling them, you can't preach in the name of Jesus. Okay, well, that's a non-negotiable. There are non-negotiables in our world. That's a non-negotiable. And they looked at them and said, you do whatever you think is right. In other words, we are under your authority because God allowed you to be an authority over. So you do whatever you think is right. But as for me, I'm going to preach in in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to stop doing that. And so um, I think that's where we have to get to. You know, back in my day, if a coach had told me to run so many wind sprints, if I looked at that coach and said, you're not my daddy, I don't have to listen to you. You know what would have happened when I got home? My daddy would have whipped me, probably mm-hmm. make me run the wind sprints with the coach and apologize to the coach. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'd gone to school and the coach said, here, I want you to drink this beer and smoke this doobie, and I looked at him and I said, no, that's not who we are, then my daddy would have took the fight up with the coach, mm-hmm. and I'd have been out of the fight. So I think that's where we have to come back to on some of this stuff is like, yes. Could, could, could this not be, though, the root of – what we just talked about is that um, the more our society tries to take God out of the picture, yep. the more the other forces just move right in and take that gap up. Because it's obvious when you uh, – like my wife and I, it's striking to us when we go through a mall or something nowadays, the language of young people who don't care who's around. It's just uh, it, not just the mall. You go to a basketball game at your high school. And listen to the youth, the young people behind you, the foul language they use, and don't think a thing about it. Well, how many of us with the blue lights come on would pull over? And some of them don't think they have to. So really, you know, I, I, you know me, I like to get into politics once in a while. I just I enjoy those conversations, and I really do want to find ways to help change that in our world. Uh, but the bottom line of all this is always the way that God's being taken out of the conversations. Well, morality. The morality. The morality. Well, you know, the world has its own morality, right. mm-hmm. but if you notice, it changes. I mean, every other day. It gets worse and worse. The transsexual thing, I'll just say it out loud. The transsexual thing, if you'll notice, it changes every few days. Uh, what's going on with that, the argument is always changing. And that tells me there's something wrong with the argument to begin with. Well, there's no foundation that that is rooted to. See, there you go. There, that's the and key. that's what we're talking about right that's here. Right. Yeah, think. because um, at our men's Bible study, 
few months ago, uh, the men are going through a, a book, What Every Christian Ought to Know. And the very first chapter is about the authority of God's Word. And one of the statistics that was in that study was that even among professing Christians, like half or less than half of professing Christians believe that God's Word is reliable and there's no error in it. Mm-hmm. And that's among the Christ- people that say they're Christians. Mm-hmm. We don't have a foundation. And that's why we right. need more things like Mike the Baptist. We need good Bible teaching in our churches, in our communities, at the coffee shops. We need to have more of this Christians, encouraging Christians, challenging them, get into God's Word and understand God's Word. We need that foundation. You know, could I go so far as to extend that and say not twist it? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because uh, that can happen really easily. You know, it's it's funny on any or outy, Something interesting about that to me is is how many things are uh, that are said that you think are in the Bible, <laughs> but they're mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Same same with the uh, the way that's being taught and talked about. I want it to be right. If it comes out of my mouth, if it comes out of my mouth and it's wrong, I apologize. I don't want that. I don't because I want it for myself to be right. <laughs> One of my professors used to say. Um, even when somebody is teaching you or lecturing you or whatever and reading scripture, get your Bible out and read it with your own eyes, even though mm-hmm. they do it, you know, they're doing it just fine. Mm-hmm. Or maybe there's a word that they didn't leave in there or something. Read it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Just do that. Mm-hmm. I would always encourage people to do that. And you're allowed to do that, by the way. You, know, you the, are. And the flip, <laughs> the flip side behind this, Michael, is that, too, the pendulum swings, right? We're, we're in this world now where – we don't want any God in any of our civic organizations and mm-hmm. schools and sports mm-hmm. and any of that. But there used to be the pendulum swung the other way where everybody was forced to believe there is a God, forced to, you know. And so there's a balance in all of that because um, God is not God is not your God because you live in a Christian nation or you don't live in a Christian nation. God is your God because of your personal relationship with Him. So it starts first with us. I think we come back to this topic a lot on this conversations, but it is it starts with me. And if you want to change your country and your community, start with you. Absolutely, work on you. It's real easy for me to look across the table and tell you what you're doing wrong in your marriage. Let me tell you what you're doing wrong in your marriage, and what let me tell you what you're doing wrong in your job. I've got to work on me and your household and my household yeah. and then start going out and trying to have an influence on other people, positive influence as they will. It's not something you can make them to do mm-hmm. uh, or force them to do, but as, as God is leading them and working on them. Uh, but this whole idea of being under authority, there's, there is no doubt the Israelites were under the authority of the Egyptians. But you know what? God was even working something phenomenal out through that. Uh, the Jews were under Hitler's authority, and none of that was good, but God was working something good through that. We're under, in my opinion right now, across our nation, we're under some bad leadership. I'm not going to name any names because it's not important. It's just bad, bad thoughts that's not helping our country. But you know what? God can still do some good things through that, and um, my responsibility, I'll just be honest with you, I pay my taxes because I'm under the authority of the U.S. government. I pay my taxes, not just because I don't want to get in trouble. I pay my taxes. It's the right thing to do. 
If a cop pulls me over, I pull over. It's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Now, again, if I pull over and a cop says, here, I want you to take my gun and go over and shoot somebody, no, I'm not, I'm not willing to do that. So there is a, there's a point where we have to stand up for what is right, and especially for those that can't stand up for themselves. And we have mm-hmm. a system to do that. Yes. We have it set up yes. where we can do that in yes. a civil way. Yeah. yeah you but know, we have to do it. It doesn't have to be a – it doesn't have to be a take your pitchfork and run out and uh, get mad at some people. No, because that's not going to work. <laughs> but just just know that we are under ultimately God's authority, and He allows sometimes allows the the things to happen. Imagine what would happen in this country us. if in every household, young children were once again taught really sound uh, Bible things mm-hmm. when they were little. And they had enough of that in their head that when they went to school, that would come up in their conversation with other kids, and it would be normal again. Because I feel like it's that's not normal. I think in, the biggest right now the biggest um, offense in the early 1950s was children bringing gum G U M to school. Yeah. Huh. In today's world, it's a G U N, and how quickly that's changed. Why has yeah. it changed? Because families cease to be families. We're not teaching our children. We're not – I saw this years ago. My kids were young, elementary school. We're walking out of the principal's office, and this lady walks in, and out of her mouth she was blaming the institution, the principal, the teacher for her child's bad behavior. And I'm like, I don't know the whole story here, but I'm just watching you. I'm thinking – could be your kid needs to be in trouble because if it's acting like you, then that's what's wrong. Nip it in the bud, you know. Uh, right. But my goodness, you know, when I was in school, if my if my teacher told me go to the office, you know what I did? I went to the office. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course. And I was scared to death mm-hmm. when I went to the office. I did too. Now I might have took the long way around. But I mean, we got a whole group a of, of your wicked ways. We got a whole a we got a whole group of students that we have to have a police officer. In the school, and the police officer is limited on what he can do or she can do and say. And I'm like, these kids know no true authority. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. They don't honor authority either. That's a word that's missing. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and one of the things that happens in your relationship with God is you have to under The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning mm-hmm. of wisdom. And I've heard people preach, oh, it's not real fear. Yes, it's real fear. That's right. You know, Jesus says, don't fear somebody who can just kill your body. Feel the guy that can fear the guy that can kill your body and soul. God has ultimate authority over us. And fear is good because fear says I recognize his authority and submit myself to that authority. You know what? Your your uh, household will break down too. Yep. If you get this authority thing out of kilter. I mean, there's a there's a way that that's set up to, mm-hmm. whether we like it or we don't, don't change. You know, truth don't change right. because you like it or you don't. Truth that's is the always funny true thing about yeah. truth. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same. So I guess the struggle with a, a lot of folks is, you know, I always joke about being a rebel, but I know the line. I know the line when it comes to where the authority really is. You know, I, I work on my brand, and I'm this loose cannon, rebel kind of guy. But uh, behind the scenes, I may be a little more structured than I let on. Like. Right. Uh, but if you don't pay attention to that in the correct way, it causes stuff in your household, too, to, to break down. So then you get all the households breaking down, and there's your society. Your society breaks yep. down. Yep. 
Where did this start? Did this start well, with Peter and the authority thing? Yeah, I mean, it all comes back to, you know, the beginning of this chapter. We're talking about things that you need to work on hmm. after you know Christ. We're back to where we're realizing, you know what? There's a lot of folks in our country that need to know Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe that's we, true. That is, our, that is our problem. We have a vast majority. They need to know Christ. And then we start working through this chapter of First Peter, doing better, hmm. getting closer to God, doing what he wants us to do. And then things get a little bit better when we do that. So let me ask you, preacher-type folks, uh, we can recognize the problem right here that we're talking about, and it's kind of obvious. But how do you how do you start to uh, uh, affect the the households that don't believe what we're talking about? Because I don't think any of this is really going to change dramatically until it starts spreading amongst other households, and it gets back to where this is a common these kind of conversations are common in households. But there's a lot of obviously there's a lot of households that aren't talking about this stuff nowadays, and they aren't plugging it into their kids enough where they're growing up with this at the front of their mind. Mm-hmm. This is like this. It seems like there's a lot of kids that grow up uh, in a church and all, but it's not right there in the front of their mind. It's it's back here somewhere behind other activities and other. As difficult as it even seems, sometimes I think the really the simple answer. Has always been the gospel. That's you right. share you share Jesus because I've seen families that when mom and dad get it right with the Lord, the whole family changes. Yeah. And it's not going to be overnight, and it's not going to mm-hmm. fix in a moment's time. But what's what's the fix of every problem that we have in our life? Period. It's always the gospel. You put Jesus in your life. You know what? You'll become a better husband. You put Jesus in your life, you'll become a better worker. You put Jesus in your life, you'll be a better citizen. You put Jesus in your life, you, you'll be better in all those areas. But it's it's back to starts with me. I've got so what's our responsibility? Our responsibility is to share the gospel with That's people. Right. I don't I don't have to fix you. Hmm. Not my goal. My goal is not to tell some daddy out there, hey, if you'd read the Bible at night, your kids wouldn't be doing drugs. You know what? I can point you to a lot of good Christian families that their kids did drugs. Hmm. But you know what? When you've got Christ working on a family, I've also seen a lot of those kids come back around and go, yep, mom and dad were right about what they were teaching us. And so it just it's as simple the gospel. God's, God's responsibility is to change people, not my responsibility, not any preacher's responsibility. Share the gospel. That's right. Because he can do a work 24-7 that I can't do. That's right. Just share that truth with them. And and I always find myself praying that there's not something traumatic that causes it because that's always yeah. I mean, when you were asking that question, I'm thinking about what happened on September the eleventh. Yeah. And all of a sudden these things that were in people's minds, the questions and they recognize they know. They know. You know, they won't admit it out loud, especially around their friends, but yeah. uh, they recognize what the answer is. I wouldn't admit it. I was running from that for a long time. Yeah, Yeah. and but you know, in your the the phrase in your heart of hearts, but you you know inside Mm. there. I used to have old beagle hound, and we had one of them electric fences on them, (laughs) and she would she would desire to get out of the fence, (laughs) and she would sit there at the edge of that. You know, there's a line where it starts beeping at her, and you could hear it. You could hear it, and she's sitting there, she's whining. And all of a sudden, she'd get enough courage, and she'd bust through that line. 
And she'd go out there to chase rabbits or whatever it was she wanted to do. But, you know, eventually she kept coming back. And I'd have to physically go out there, turn the fence off. <laughs> and get her across. And basically, and she's screaming because she's afraid she's going to get shocked the whole time. But that's how we are as people. We know where the boundaries are. Yep. We know where the boundaries are. And we can fool ourselves in saying, hey, I can choose my own gender. Hey, I can marry and divorce when I want to. Hey, I can live this life and do this and have all the things that I want in this life. But we know, Mm -hmm. we know that, well, while we may not know it's wrong, we know it doesn't bring satisfaction. That's what what lost people know. Mm -hmm. They know it doesn't bring satisfaction. Because if it did, then... You'd you'd be satisfied. You never feel bad about it either. I, well, I've always said if looking at a naked picture would make you satisfied, there'd be one. There'd be one naked picture out there on the internet that everybody looked at, and it'd be like, okay, yeah, there's a naked person. But we we're not satisfied with that. They got to have another and another and another and another. Mm-hmm. Same thing with drugs. One joint will never satisfy you. Mm-hmm. It's always something else, something else, something else, something else. And so, what we have to to realize is it's not until. God begins to change their mind. This is talking about being and doing. God will change your mind about those things when you give it to him. Mm-hmm. He'll start changing. One of my favorite stories about that, years ago, a buddy of mine, sailor, you know that phrase, cussing like a sailor, he said, I got off the boat and went to a revival. Don't even know why I went. Some guys invited me to go to a revival, and I went. He said, I wasn't thinking about God. I wasn't thinking I needed to be saved. I don't even know why I went to a revival, but I went to a revival. He goes, I got saved in that revival. Hmm. He said, I got back on the boat when my leave was over. He said, my language didn't change that Monday morning from it had that Friday night. But what happened was that Monday morning when my language started down that road again, I felt differently about Mm -hmm. it. Yep. And God began to burn that stuff out of my life. That's the difference in trying to act like a Christian and actually being a Christian. I believe the culture that we were talking about a little bit ago when I try to get political, uh, I believe the culture knows uh, in many cases that what's, what they're up to is wrong. Uh, but like like your beagle that just, there's something about them that makes them just... They want to go hunt. They want to go out there. I, I, it's like uh, a lot of the really bad things that are uh, trying to be changed in America. I got a feeling they know, for the most part, that there's something wrong about this. But they've pushed it so far now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that that they're not going to turn around. We will. Uh, they're just not. Lost people will never say yes to any of God's rules because if one rule applies, then they all apply. And i I don't want to I don't want to admit God might be right about something. Mm-hmm. If God's right about gender, then He might be right about marriage. If God's right about marriage, then He might be right about family life. If God's right about family life, then He might be right ab- about substance abuse. I mean, we really just want to push away at everything because we really don't want to think that God might be right. And here it comes right back to yourself again. <laughs> Keeps coming right back. That's Keeps right. coming back to me. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Whew, I'm tired. Here's another reason to respect authority. <laughs> the week that my church uh, elected me to be a deacon years ago, uh, it was when I had what they call the mayor's car, a big light blue Lincoln Continental, I just love big town car. Anyway, uh, I was on the on the way to church on a Sunday morning. The week my church voted me into being a deacon, 
and I was going a little fast when I got to the city limits in my hometown, and I got pulled over by a city policeman. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, I realized I was going a little fast. I let him come to the window. But he didn't have the correct attitude, I didn't think. Well, my attitude can change on a dime when I come across that scenario, and it kind of did. Poor customer service, is that what you're saying? A little bit of poor customer service. Well, he wound up uh, inviting me to step out of the car. (laughs) Keep in mind, Sunday morning, on the way way to church, church. in the middle of my town, my church had just elected me a deacon. I don't remember who drove by or not. I know a couple of people that commented that they saw I was having an issue there. But but my not respecting authority <coughs> caused me at one point to say, can I have your badge number? When I said that, he stepped back, called in another officer. <laughs> so there were two of them here. So on the Sunday morning, just having been elected deacon in my church, my ability – to not understand how to respect authority calmly and just let it go, mm. left me uh, with my hands on the hood of my Lincoln Town car, <laughs> with my feet back spread, and and a you got your Christmas goose a little early. <laughs> I did. They frisked me right there on that Sunday morning. Wound up just with a ticket. Yeah. But I look back to that moment. And I think about okay, so I could have just rolled down the window and been polite. I don't know where that just went. But. We started with favorite car stories and came back to a car story. Oh, we did way come to, back to a car story. Way to land the plane there. <laughs> All right, so it did kind of work out. Did we cover everything that we were covering? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Except, I always like to talk about the folks might hear us that haven't joined in this uh, Christian circus and how easy it is to do that. How easy is it, Neil, to do that? Very easy. I mean, yeah. I think it's worth mentioning. How would you tell somebody to do that if they wanted to join us as a Christian? You know what? They could they could be that in uh, twenty seconds from now. Absolutely, and call yourself that. We've watched that happen recently a number of times. It's like really surprising, but uh, I think when you when you recognize it's time, you just need somebody to tell you to turn it over. Just very simple. It's pretty immediate, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's the way I understand it. Yeah. Yep. And then you can go to work on this other stuff we've been talking about, just like we're doing. Yep. I know the people at this table, they need work. Mm. Oh, yeah. I need work. Yep. You need work. So, anyway. And we recognize it, and that's And that's, that's being saved. When that's... you recognize it and admit that, mm-hmm. I guess that's what that admit thing is, they say. That they hit you with at church. You gotta admit. Admit what? Well, just admit that I'm screwing it up on my own. I need to try a different way here. So Okay, yep. I encourage you to do that. Join us. You'll hear these conversations different all of a sudden too. And you'll be happy about it. Okay. Plane landed? Landed. Landed. Everybody's safe? Yep. Engines are off. Okay. We'll be back to play any or Audi. You'll never hear us say at Mike the Baptist that you need our logo t-shirts or hoodies. Just like you wouldn't hear us say that you need very white music. But now that Mike the Baptist has logo coffee mugs, we are a little tempted to point out that coffee would only have to taste better 
out of something that special, or a good hot cocoa, or a rich, smooth cappuccino in one of those brand new 11 or 15 ounce coffee mugs with that warm and inviting Mike the Baptist logo with the fake neon lettering. No, we'll never tell you that you need stuff, but we might remind you that it's not a sin to buy stuff like that and that a little of the money you spend goes toward keeping Mike the Baptist on the air and in your head like a good Barry White album turned up to seven while you do your taxes or trim those hedges. Find out more about the new logo coffee mugs and our t-shirts and hoodies with funny little sayings and our logo at www.mikethebaptist.com forward slash merchandise. Hey everybody, it's time to play America's almost favoritest new game show, Any or Audi, where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the Bible or out of the Bible. Sharpen your wits, guest. You're about to be in the hot seat of Bible stuff because you're the next contestant on Any or Audi. Here's Mike. Boy, are we ready. In your Audi, so challenging. It's uh, riveting, it is. It's riveting, it is. And since we've. Ribbit? Since we're. It's riveting. All right, BB? Yes, it's, it's riveting. Uh, since we are experimenting with the uh, point system, uh, you know, we're moving for a I'm little boycotting bit. boycotting the points. <laughs> well, Coons is boycotting the points because he doesn't have any yet. But, so, the new. Uh, the, new uh, the new point system is. You can say any or Audi. It does not have to be a unanimous decision, so you're on your own. It's an individual point system. Collectively, Koontz, even though you have no points yet, <laughs> imagine three or four months from now you've got imagine. 20 points all of a sudden. Imagine. That's a good imagination. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Uh, that could be a anyway. good hymn to sing, imagine. <laughs> Never work. Mm-mm. Nah. Too, no. too, too plain. Coots uh, and uh, HD are in the power positions. Coots, you can start, and that'll give you an opportunity to get a point afterwards. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I, do, I do appreciate Trying that. to help you out. So um, I think this question came up in one of my early months <clears throat> here at Temple, I think. Hmm, when we were – the pastors were invited to pizza with the kids. Oh. I think this is one of their questions. Okay. Um are dinosaurs in the Bible? Okay. Do you mean pictures? <laughs> Is the Bible a comic book? <laughs> yes, actual photographs. Well, some of the old Bible. You remember the old Bibles, like at your grandparents' yes. house that had the pictures? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Matter of fact, do you remember the Bibles that had the the page in there where Jesus was glittery or something? It was like a prism. No. We weren't allowed to have that. It must have been Arkansas. That's a <laughs> oh. different variety of. Maybe it was. Then. Maybe I yeah. dreamed that. Is that like church? Jesus what Christ? Kind of no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. That was on the wall in the kitchen. Oh yes. <laughs> you remember those yes. pictures? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't in the Bible. Yeah. But there used to be a lot more pictures. The children's Bible. Bible so that they were always like in Audi. the doctor's waiting room. Remember those? Yeah, dude. Wow. All right. So back to the question at hand: Are dinosaurs in the Bible? HG's got that Coons confidence all over his face. You know, I've had this conversation many times, mm-hmm. and I don't remember. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> exactly where any of them went. <laughs> uh, uh, you're not talking specifically about the word dinosaur. I am correct? not. I okay. am not oh. talking about yes. the word dinosaur. Is the behemoth a dinosaur? Hmm. I can't ask you. You're asking the question. <laughs> Is a behemoth a dinosaur? A behemoth was not an elephant, correct? Right, right. That was a woolly mammoth. I don't remember woolly being in the Bible anywhere. So is Dumbo. What was that you gave out that year? Woolly Willies? At Pente- yeah, yeah. Pente Christmas? We Coaster sure did. Christmas. <laughs> Christmas, we did. Everybody got a woolly willy. I still got some of those laying around here. Yeah. Big fun. Big time. <laughs> we were uh, bankrupt that year. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the year I gave away a glittery... Yeah, some kind of Christmas uh, decorations, and to the last day, I think the last pew, wooden pew, left our church sanctuary. There was still glitter stuck in in those. You have a lasting impression when they send you Christmas cards. Yes, and before you even open it, you can feel it's got that glitter. I'm like, what jerk sent me this Christmas card? Oh, I'll remember might, that. Yeah, you will. I'll send it right There's back to your you house. something you need to work on right there. Me and, me and my six grandkids will work on you at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. We'll fix you. Really. I'm going to bring them all to church and <laughs> yeah. open them outside your office. <laughs> all right, dinosaurs in the Bible. I don't think the word was in there, but I think the indication that there was a creature of some sort like that is in there. Mm-hmm. I'm I saying think. any. I, yeah, I'm saying any just because, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going in. Yeah, I remember uh, one of those conversations I was telling you about. I couldn't remember where it went. And remember the guy I brought in that talked about how some dinosaurs were on the ark, and he he brought up. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Tommy yeah. Loman. Yes, talking about Loman. unicorns. That was just a goat. Hey, with one bad horn. You stick to your own in your Don't try to train on my parade. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I'm. I'm saying any but. <laughs> any but? Yes, but. <laughs> now, that's what you roasted earlier. We don't need that. That was right. I don't know what to do with that right there. Yeah, but we'll let's just, uh, I'm saying I'm saying any. Any? Yeah, let's go any. Any. Yeah. Uh, and you were right. Behemoth. Okay. Is, is what we go back to on that in Job chapter four, uh, 40. It says, Behold now, Behemoth. Uh, which I made thee, he eateth grass as an ox. His strength is in his loins, and his uh, force in his belly. He moveth his tail like a cedar, and that's kind of the indicator right mm. there that we think it's oh. not a hippo, it's not an elephant. Mm-hmm. If you have a tree or a tail like a tree, yeah, yeah, that, that is dinosaur. Your, unless you're a whale, I don't think there's a whale up on the an animal there. that doesn't live anymore. So wait a minute, a whale is a mammal. It lives in the water. But now that's fascinating to think about a dinosaur being on art. This sure. is a whole new can of worms you've opened, Coops. Yeah. Actually, I didn't even know this stuff until I, I, I wrote a paper in Bible college about this. I had no idea huh. about young earth. I didn't, I'd never been taught that until I went to Bible college. Well, there's, there's much that's not said. Uh, I wrote a song called The Missing Link one time. And I don't know where the line came from, but... Probably One of the verses lose. talked about fossils in the rock on a mountaintop. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't thought about it until I actually wrote that line, but why are there fossils up on the top of a mountain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So uh, so y'all got points. Thanks. I'm still a good Got sake. one point around the table. All right. I like this new system. I'm making y'all look good. You're Temporarily. <laughs> Temporarily. HD now has the power. So Okay, so the Bible is a historical document. And when you lay that historical document over other historical documents, and we see things that were going on in other nations. 
we know for a fact the Israelites were in Egypt. Is there any mention in the Bible of a pyramid? Hmm. I'm really not liking you. Boy, this is good. I told you I did my homework. I'm really not liking this. This is really good. Yeah, I'm I'm not liking the challenge, but I'm liking the uh, possibilities here. Huh. I don't recall the word, ever having read the word, but I'm thinking they might have mentioned the structure. No, wait a minute. When were those built? In the times of the Egyptians. I wasn't there. I don't remember. <laughs> we can't look it up either, can we? <laughs> well, sure we oh, can. you can. Well, he set the precedent. <laughs> you, you can. You he, he can. Uh, Google. Uh, Our pyramids in the, the Valley Bible of the Kings. Are you looking for the word pyramid in Scripture? Yep. I'm going to say any. Ooh. Do you have a reason you're saying that? I'm wondering yes, if I can I actually really. ask you these things now because we're actually competing against each other all yeah. of a sudden. <laughs> Jackson yeah, normally waits for Jackson way, waits too. for everybody else to enter. And yeah, he goes, I'm looking for. I'm going with, but I'm looking for clues. <laughs> I'm looking for a coattail. That's a. Le- I think that's a legitimate question, though. What? 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 Why am I in? Why are you? Yeah. One because he just tries to mess with us all the time. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> but you know, think about religious organizations. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they have a pyramid. Yes. And some of their symbolism and stuff. I'm thinking. Masons and all, they've got a lot of stuff. Masons do. I'm just kind of thinking. But now, let's see, the the Masons were building more of a temple. That was around Solomon's time. Right? On the back of a a dollar bill. Is it a dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill? A dollar bill, but that's that's some sonic stuff that's on there. You, You knew that. Yeah, I watched National Treasure. (laughs) <laughs> it's a good show or movie I haven't watched the show I okay, need to so, watch that still so uh, in Solomon's time would that be after the time of pyramids or before this is a piece of information I would like to know before I jump in there with a Let me think. final answer who was the queen of Egypt that came and met with Solomon Cleopatra's the only one I know it was Cleopatra wasn't it was it she knew Solomon Wow. There was a queen of Egypt yeah. that came and met with Solomon. That might be another well, in your Audi. I'm not going to spoil that for you. But it puts it all in kind of in the same time frame. That's what I was trying to get in my mind about that. Thanks for joining us today on Mike the Baptist. Yes. <laughs> See you next week. Audi. <laughs> Audi for you? Hmm. I don't think the word is in there. If, if we're talking about the word pyramid... I don't think it's in there. <laughs> I got no eye clue from him when I just looked at him right there. Howdy. I said howdy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it. I'm sticking with my answer. And you said any? Yeah. Yeah. I might as well be over two for that. I think it may be in there. I'm going to say in. Okay. I feel like I'm walking a plank all of a sudden. <laughs> H, you have two innies and one outie. You're sticking with Audi. I'm going to stay with Audi. Watch him take the lead. Well, no, I'm just going to be tied with somebody. Somebody has two points. HD has two points, don't you? The word pyramid is not in there. Yes! (laughs) Yes. Uh, The follow-up question, to try to make those two feel better. Is there some mention of a structure like that in there? 
I don't remember anything in there that anything I've ever read. I mean, there's like, like you're talking about Egyptians. Well, structure? there's a lot of temple talk, but is there anything that ever referenced a structure like that? That's what I didn't remember. The word pyramid. I, didn't I, I thought it would just be interesting because we know the Israelites were there, and they mm-hmm. were some. Some people have thought they built the pyramids. Ah, uh, and you would think they would have mentioned it. You would have. It's like going to Memphis and not ever mentioning the pyramid over there. Yep. I mean, it's not exactly like that. <laughs> I thought you were going to mention Graceland. <laughs> Wait a minute. Right. Memphis was in Egypt. <laughs> Memphis was in Egypt. Yes. See how this all ties together? I do. That's why they have a pyramid. Okay. The score is <laughs> two. Blah, 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 blah. What do y'all have? What are you talking oh, you about? Don't, you don't, oh, you I, don't I get point points yet. when y'all win. I'm like, y'all got it right a while ago. I should have another three points. Episode, Come on. You got two in the last one? Did you yeah. get any in this episode? One. So you have three. Uh-huh. Did I get any in the last one? Yeah, I have two. I got one last one, one in this one. Did I, did I get, did I win on the last one? I'll have to go back to the tape. I'm bitter. I'm not talking about it. <laughs> good one, H. Uh, good one, Coach. Good in your eyes right there. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, fascinating. Coming back with a hymn will be equally fascinating. I just about promise. Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi. You know, I always hate to see the end of a good church service come because, not because I don't like the ending, it's because I get so involved in the the gathering and the service and the messages, but I just don't want to leave that. And then my belly growls, and I remember that there's chicken at home that needs to be fried and mashed potatoes from the night before, chocolate pie. So then uh, I just wanted to get to the hymn and say, hey, man, we can go home. Not because I don't like the service. You understand. You know how this works. Y'all are preacher type people. You do this all the time. Your belly growls, I'll bet, lots of times right before service ends. You know what? I've started taking a granola bar with me. Uh, we don't allow food in the sanctuary. Well, I don't eat it in the sanctuary. I eat it right between the Connect Sunday School class. With your coffee and, and a lid on it? Yes. Which, we did have a lid this week. Yes, but it's because uh, a friend of mine, Cooch, brought me a lid. Uh, I got chastised a little. We have a new sanctuary, and there's new carpet everywhere, new paint and stuff. And uh, I just had a memory of being a child in church and the sound that happens at the beginning of the message. Little mint wrapper papers. Yes. <laughs> See? Sorry. That's okay. Anyway, so, yeah, I had a lid on my coffee. So I do have the first spill on the new stage in our big $5 million sanctuary. I have to spill some coffee up there, though. Right. First day have, I came in there to rehearse a little music. You don't have the first dirt clods up there, though. Oh, no, I don't. Yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also spilled a little coffee in uh, uh, the ladies, <laughs> the mature ladies' classroom. I walked by there one morning, stuck my head in to say hi, and one of the ladies kind of jumped or something, kind of joking <laughs> with me, and I sloshed my coffee so I'd have a stain on their carpet, too. But anyway, it's all good. It's church. You can get away with stuff in church. <laughs> Okay, page 100. This is page 100 even in the Mike the Baptist hymnal. Uh, And it ties right in with today's lesson about pyramids and stuff. 
Uh, it does. Yes. That's how church things work. <laughs> things just kind of connect. Was this originally written in hieroglyphics? It was, but I translated into uh, Arkansas, Ozarks English for okay. us. So it would be easier to read. Thank Is that you. like Oxford English or something? Arkansas English? It's similar. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'd known they'd line up just to see him, King Tut, I'd taken all my money and bought me a museum, King Tut, buried with a donkey, Funky, Funky Tut. Tut. He's my favorite honky. Born in Arizona, moved to Babylonia, King Tut. Now, when I die, don't think that I'm a nut. King Tut. Don't want no fancy funeral, just one like old King Tut. King Tut. He could have won a Grammy. King Tut. <laughs> Buried in his jammies. Born in Arizona, moved to Babylonia. He was born in Arizona. Got a condo made of stone, a King Tut. Amen. Go home and eat your fried chicken, mashed potatoes, take a nap. Chocolate pie. Chocolate pie. And join us again soon on another uh, edition of Mike the Baptist. Thanks for joining us. Hope you learned something besides the King Tut stuff. Anyway, we're just Christian people. Trying not to cuss. Mm-hmm. How are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Stop spilling coffee. I didn't hear any. Okay, see you next time. Mike the Baptist. <laughs>